Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay, hoping you're having a great week. Zig recorded this podcast before the tsunami in Japan. I believe his point about the strength of Japan still holds true. Listen closely as he talks about what the Japanese schools teach their children. We will hear him together and I'll be back to recap. But I would like to emphasize something here and bring it back together is how the principles I'm talking about here work in your personal life, work in your family life, your business life, and yes, will work nationally. You know, you hear a lot today about Edward Demings, the man who literally revolutionized the Japanese system of doing things. Homer Sarasan was another one of those management gurus that went over there and did a tremendous job for them. But I'm here to tell you that Demings and Sarasan and the other management and leadership experts that went over there, let me tell you why they were able to do the things that they were able to do. And I don't know what you think of the Japanese and what they're doing. Need I point out to you that here's a little nation half the size of the state of Texas. Two-thirds of the land you cannot use for anything They have no natural resources, no oil, no gas, no coal, no iron ore, none of those things. Only half as many people as we have, and yet they're the number one creditor nation in the entire world. And they are because they have developed the resource which is the most important resource of all. And it kind of ties into what Oliver Wendell Holmes said about uh, each individual. The great tragedy in America is not the waste of our natural resources, though that is great. He said the great tragedy is the waste of our human resources because the average person goes to their grave with their music still in them. It's a cliche, but you know it's true. You're the only one who can use your ability. It is an awesome responsibility. Why were the Japanese able to do so much? Well, it was because of what Douglas MacArthur did. What did he do? He knew that since 1870, when Perry opened the doors to Japan, they had been a warlike nation. And when he came in to rewrite the Constitution, he knew that he could not change a warlike nation overnight into a peaceful producing nation, and he knew he had to start at the very base with the children. And what he did was he brought in an educator, Dr. Mark T. Orr. And Dr. Orr was brought in to completely revive the educational structure in Japan. Dr. Bill Kirby, who was commissioner of education here in the state of Texas, went to Japan, uh, this was about four years ago, went to Japan and did a study on the Japanese educational system. I too went to Japan because I wanted to see what was going on over there. And Dr. Kirby's exploration was considerably deeper and in more depth because he had the corporation better than a private citizen could get. And here's what they learned. In Japan, in kindergarten, one hour a day, every day, they teach a course emphasizing the values of honesty, character, integrity, hard work, loyalty, thrift, enthusiasm, positive thinking, responsibility, a patriotism, free enterprise. What have we been talking about during this entire series right there? The relationship and the cooperation between the parent and the student and between the educator and the government and the business people, they work together. 
And what happened there is obviously they were turning out a workforce that was ready to go to work. That's what I'm talking about here, developing a workforce built on the principles that we've been talking about through this entire series. I did a study. The Thomas Jefferson Center in Pasadena, California, spent years studying uh, the values, and here's what they found. There are 15 values that are common in all the world's great civilizations and religions. Number one is wisdom. Number two is integrity. Three is love. Four is freedom. That's where creativity is born. Five is justice. Six is courage. Seven is humility. Eight is patience. Nine is industriousness. Ten is thriftiness. Uh, Eleven is generosity. Twelve is objectivity. Thirteen is cooperation. Fourteen is moderation. And fifteen is optimism. The qualities that we've identified from the very beginning. What I'd like to read here is what Reagan said about this, and I think it gets right to the heart of it. If we fail to instruct our children in justice, religion, and liberty, we will be condemning them to a world without virtue, a life in the twilight of a civilization where the great truths have been forgotten. I believe he's right. Attitude, uh, ladies and gentlemen, can be good today or bad tomorrow. We know how things happen to us and we react instead of respond. And so our attitude uh, is subject to a lot of things. I uh, read this little bit by Milton Siegel that I thought was kind of neat. He said, I'm a walking economy. A man was overheard to say one day, my hairline's in a recession. My waist is a victim of inflation, and together they're putting me in a deep depression. So, you know, those things happen. I recently spoke at a company, a retirement banquet, and uh, things had gotten pretty tough for them. They didn't give the gentleman a gold watch. They just told him what time it was. Now, uh, you know, that's an indication that, uh, that things are tough. Now... Your attitude's important. Uh, in the New York Times, Daniel Coleman uh, had an interesting article. And again, this ties right into the David Leipzig story. More importantly, as far as you're concerned, it ties into your story. It ties into your life. A study of more than 2,800 men and women, 65 and older, found that those who rate their health poor are four to five times more likely to die in the next four years than those who rate their health excellence. This was the case even if examination showed the respondents to be in comparable health. One saw themselves negatively, one saw themselves positively. You're drawn closest to the strongest picture in your mind, and the results uh, in this case were fatal. These findings are supported by a review of five other large studies totaling 23,000 people. In other words, it was a big study. Those saying, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, has so much validity. And whether you think you can or think you can't, you're absolutely right. When Bernie Lopsy got the news that his son was a spastic, would be a vegetable, he immediately said, I don't buy that idea. I see my son as living a happy, healthy, normal life. Now, also, uh, a lot of faith is involved in a situation like that. Love the story of the fellow that stopped at the mountain overlook to get a better view of the scenery. 
He got a little too close to the edge and uh, the foundation kind of collapsed on him and he uh, started falling and it was about a 400 foot drop. He caught on to the last remaining uh, little tree that was hanging there sticking out and he started uh, shouting for help, help, help. Then there was a deep voice, son, do you believe? Oh, yes, I believe, I believe. Let go of the limb. Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> now, you know, a lot of people are, are unfortunately, too often in that, uh, that mode of faith. All right, let's look at another thing. David Leipzig, in the beginning, could not have a good health of self-image. But Dr. Tony Campola says your image is influenced more by the most important person in your life than anything else. Well, who was the most important person of persons in his life? His parents. What did they do to reinforce that image? Every night when he was a, a baby, until he got to be a teenager, Bernie Leipzig would come in. He worked in the evening at a housewares company. For seven years, Bernie Leipzig worked seven days and seven nights a week. He took one Friday night off in seven years. And the reason he did it was because the enormity of the expenses that went with giving David this chance in life. In the process, he became the largest housewares distributor in Canada, and he got there simply because he was helping his son get what he wanted out of life. Was it tough? It sure was. But every night when Bernie would come in, David would be asleep. He would awaken him. He'd hold him in his arms and he would say, Son, I love you very much. And I want you to know that you can do anything you really want to do, son. You are a winner in every sense of the word. His wife, Elaine, had already told uh, David that before he went to sleep the first time. But over and over, the love was total, it was unconditional, and he grew up with that security. Security, your image, so enormously important. So what are you doing to help yourself and others around you be successful? Are you using all the resources you have? Are you being a positive resource in others' lives? Think about it and then go live it. Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.